You ready? Yep, ready whenever you are. Okay. Hmm. The greatest web show. Greatest podcast <laughs> episode. All right. Your life. Yeah, keep that confidence. Keep the confidence. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Abundance of Knowledge. I'm sitting here with Casey McCurchin. Hey guys, hey everybody, it's Casey McCurchin. Uh, thanks for having me on here, Tiff. Um, it's been a long time coming. Been a big fan since day one. So Casey is a what doesn't feel like new, but new friend. We met a couple of months back and kind of surprised, actually, we met and I didn't really expect there to be that much of similarities between us as far as like what we were thinking, what we were doing just in like the mindfulness and growth, like the path that we were on. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, kind of what you've been doing. Elevated elevated souls. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, I remember when we, when I first ran into you, it was at your job. And I think one of the first things we ever bonded over was like our Caribbean background. So the first time I met you, probably the first time ever bonded over someone bonded with someone over like Caribbean traditions, you know, because that was the first thing I brought up. Right. And I think it was that same day. They also found out about your podcast and what it was about. No, it was, it was, it was probably like a week later. A week or two later. Okay. Yeah. About two weeks later. Sorry. I mean to correct you, but. (laughs) (laughs) you know me (laughs) yeah two weeks later found out about your podcast and then uh, we bonded over um, like similar mindsets uh, similar thought process when it comes to you know being positive and, and progression you know mental health emotional health so, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And I've been trying to get on ever since. Oh. I've been trying to have my own, effort, my own episode ever since. Six months later. Listen, you on now, okay. Here. Look, guys, manifesting. Manifesting, it works. <laughs> you just think it into existence. That's all I do. Okay. No, but it, it, it is true. Um, you were very positive. I think the first thing I noticed, like, you are very confident. And, um, and then it was the positivity and then it was your manifestation and how deeply you believed in it because I've heard a lot about it before. Like I've heard a lot of people that talk about it, like you have to claim what you want, you know, and you have to put it out there and you put that energy out there and, you know. 
but you were very strong about it in a different way. You use it to the fullest every single day for any little thing. And you used to say, well, it works. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I think I was on like a similar path because I started to realize anything you set your mind to, right? That is basically the foundation of everything else that is to come. Exactly. That's true. Well, I try to. I try to um, set my mind to things and manifest things as best as I can. It's honestly, it, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice. But I feel like I'm living proof that it works. Or not living proof, but <clears throat> I've been through I've been through things that that if you actually put your mind to it and you manifest and you keep the positivity, then that's what you're rewarded with. Yeah, but I I think the first conversation was a really strong one. Uh because we didn't really get into it that deeply right there and then. But eventually it kind of unraveled and came out when we started to talk more about it because I was saying like I've never really related to anyone else I don't really know any Caribbeans or you know at least that I'm not related to so or that I don't already know so it was kind of interesting seeing your and you're also a different Caribbean, like you know, no, you're a different Caribbean, but you have a lot of similar ways. Like Guyanese, they have a lot of similar ways to like Belizeans, and I think we talked about later on, like growing up, and that was really where it all tied in. That's where, like, the real similarities kind of came out. Um, I like how when you say say the word the, the, you use a the, or however you say it in your language, de. You <laughs> kind of, like, combine it. <laughs> a little Creole right there. <laughs> no. A little Creole right there here. Yeah, when I first, when I first met you, we we bonded over. I think the first thing I brought up was like uh, Guyana. You know what Guyana is, or we we came into some conversation about right. Um, because you asked some country Hispanic. Oh, okay, yeah. And then yeah, I, I said no, and then you know my family's from Belize, and you said okay. Do you know where Guyana is? And I said the typical answer, no. <laughs> it's a common answer right. no one knows where Guyana is for everyone listening Guyana is not in Africa <laughs> it's a South American that's country that's Ghana. <laughs> yeah, that's Ghana Guyana with a Y in it it's, uh, it's in South America it's next to Venezuela next to Brazil next to Suriname across the river from Trinidad mm-hmm so, yeah, and then we started, uh, we talked about, 
how <clears throat> Belize was more Caribbean than Guyana, or Belize is more Caribbean than Hispanic, if anything. And and then I try to convince you that Guyana was Caribbean. <laughs> and we just had our banter back and forth like that. But um and then we talked about, you know, our similarities, the similarities. Remember when we, we met up and we talked more about the similarities between between the traditions, you know. We realized there's not a lot of not a lot of differences. More similar than anything, even though it's thousands of miles apart. I think that a lot of Caribbean um countries and a lot of Caribbean traditions, you know, they they overlap. They overlap in a sense in that way. It was a, uh, it was good talking with you and getting to know you because, you know, I knew immediately, I knew immediately that you were, I knew immediately when I saw you when, when I, when I first walked in, you we were like, something about her. There's just something about her. And I had to find a way to talk to you. Luckily, <laughs> I had my friend, <laughs> luckily, yeah, luckily I had my, my my good friend there and he kinda initiated and then I think it was like in we only talked for like maybe thirty minutes at your work and I knew that <clears throat> you were about, you know, bettering yourself and you know, you were strong and you had this like confidence. You had this confidence about you too. And, you know, this independence you had and the voice, the voice for podcasts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the voice, the voice for radio. So, Thanks. so when I knew, when I, when I, when I went home and I checked out your podcast, I was like, yep, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you knew I had a I was podcast. Spot on. I was spot on because <laughs> you had a podcast. You had the voice for podcast, voice for radio. Okay. Plus, it, it just, your podcast confirmed everything that I thought you were about. And then talked more, um, got to know you more. And we talked more about our Caribbean traditions. In terms of the traditions, what was that like growing up for you? Growing up with Caribbean parents, you, you don't really, you don't really notice the difference until you like are surrounded by kids who have different, you know, traditional values from you, you know, like growing up in my household, um, it was, it was all I knew, you know, cause we, we just like, right. they wanted to keep us close. So I didn't really, really know how like, okay, the, this is how the world works. You know, this is, this is, everyone has these traditions. And it right. wasn't until I went to school and I went to, you know, <clears throat> experience life or whatnot. That's when I realized that uh, Caribbean traditions are differ from, from what's out there. Now that you kind of say that, I can think back to like maybe middle school. 
in high school. More like that time. I mean, that's the beginning stages of when you start, like in your development, begin to understand the world outside of you. And the world is not just you. And you get to broaden your perspective and you see the bigger picture to everything. And I think I remember looking at my friends and things that they could do or things that they would do or the way that their their home life was, right? And I'm like, my house is nothing like this, you know? And it's like different. Like I had friends that were Asian. I had friends that were Hispanic. I had friends that were, you know, white. And it was so different. It was almost like a culture shock. Um going into these homes because it's one thing to hang out with them at school but to see the way that they live day to day like it 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 really shows you the difference and I won't even say just Caribbean like my dad was black you know so I saw who I related to Mm -hmm. I saw even that you know, and that's when, like, I started to understand, oh, okay, like, my family is a little different. My family does things a little differently. Like, my dad, you know, these are his traditions. My mom, these are hers. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. Um, for me, I think culture shock, like, I experienced culture shock, like, how you did when I was, like, in, in middle school as well. I think a big like Caribbean tradition or, you know, for my family is like them growing up where they grew up. They didn't want you to, to stray too far from like their, their, their point of view, their point of view. So if they could take me to school and then wait in front of the school until school gets out and <laughs> watch me walk into the car, you know? then that's what they would do because, you know, they grew up, they grew up, um, they grew up in an area where it's like, I, I want to say America's safe, safe, but not as safe as America. So that was a, that was a, that was a big tradition that I noticed that other kids that I noticed like other kids weren't doing, you know, like um, they get to walk home. You know, even something as small as that, like they get to walk home. You never get to you walk know? home? I mean, eventually I did. Okay. <laughs> I got to break the tradition, but <laughs> but eventually, <laughs> but eventually, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, my parents were pretty strict. They were the type to... They believed in corporal punishment. It's like, you mess up, get the switch. I ain't the belt. Get the switch. (laughs) We grew up in a way where it's like, I remember them trying to take care of us and, like, go to work, go to school. So I remember that. I remember... I have a, I grew up in a family of six. So it's me, my three siblings, um, my mom and dad. Um, 
Yeah, they came over here. Parents came over here from Guyana back in like '92, and they had my they had my sister right shortly after. Then they had me and I have a younger sister and younger brother. We lived in LA in like one of those parts that that like the world knows about. The ones that they heard about on like TV or on the radio. So when our parents moved over here. They're always, they're always, uh, they're always cautious. They're always uh, protective over us. Okay. Um, but they were, they were, they were just new to it. They were as new to it, and they still are. They're still new to the culture as we are, in a way, to American culture. How did you grow up? What were your traditions like? My tradition. Um, yeah, what I traditions? Mean, I think the biggest thing I saw were the, the gender roles, you know, which is common mm-hmm. in a lot of cultures. Um, gender roles, more, gotcha. You know? And, <clears throat> you know me, stubborn, trying to fight them and you know, as a as a woman, you're kind of raised as a woman. You're supposed to be the one cooking, cleaning, raising the kids. So you know, everything was Stefane, come help. And it was like, okay, but what about you know my cousins? You know, the guys like they not helping? Oh, because you're supposed to know. And a lot of it, a lot of the gender roles like the the that like you're supposed to cook you're supposed to clean the men are the providers you know and I've always been very independent um and I think a lot of that definitely comes from my mom you know she was independent she raised me as a single mom for a short period of time, but what felt like a long period for me, I think it was the most significant for me because at that point I became independent. And ever since I've, you know, always wanted to be independent. I've never really wanted to depend on anyone. Kind of the opposite of what I was raised in, you know, and the woman depends on the man and, you know, the woman supports the man, which, I still believe in, you know, just because of my faith, you know. And, you know, so that was very different. That's something that I came into later. But as far as, like, my teenage years, I was a tomboy. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. wearing makeup and dresses and looking at boys like my cousins and I mean, I liked boys, but, like, it wasn't really that big of a deal to me. I think there was just so much more going on in my head. Uh, I was very quiet. Whereas my family loved to talk, loved to talk. And, you know, I kind of talked about it, like, I think in the episode with my dad where I was like, I don't know why I'm so different from these people. And I later figure out why. Um, 
just going down like the path of figuring myself out I began to understand myself and and see where I actually did come from Mm -hmm. but in terms of the tradition there was a lot there was a lot of things I think the biggest one to me aside from you know being placed into those gender role traits I don't know how do I say that um like the status quo like categorized in a way I, I get what you're saying because yeah there's a gender rules right. in, in our family as well in a way like for for you guys I mean this is different for everybody you I, <laughs> <the> women <laughs> no not women I mean uh, other cultures because like uh, for, for uh, me okay. I know like growing up it was like a, it's like a big thing being like the firstborn son. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter if, um, if my sister was older than me, you know, I'm still doing the chores. I'm still doing the work, you know, okay. I'm still making the lunches for my siblings, that type of that stuff. That was my job. Uh, that was my job. I was my good yeah it was like a, a big thing like even to the even to the point i think where like my middle name my middle name literally means firstborn son i'm not gonna okay. share what it what, what what my middle name is but that's the that's the meaning <laughs> of it. and uh, i could kind of see that like in a way like it was always casey make sure your siblings are good you know casey okay. protect your sisters protect your little brother you know um, always that's a, it's a big thing. It's like, always know where they are. If, if I didn't know where they are, I would get in trouble. <laughs> then my dad would come home and be like, Hey, where's your, where's your, where's your sister? Where's your brother? And I'm like seven at the time. And wow. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. And he sat me down. I remember this and he's like, Hey, you always got to know where your siblings are always. And if you don't know, wow. find out. And I think that's that's one of the things that really just stuck with me, like over the years. Like even now, I I always know where they are, <laughs> even though we don't live uh, together. You know, you would never you would never find me or any of my siblings. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't know where he is. We we're always like, we'll find out. Right. Okay. Yes. So being the firstborn son is a big thing in our family. When it comes to like chores and life tasks and everything, it doesn't but matter guys, for men or women. Cause like, yeah, I start to, you know, feed them. Hey, feed them. Yeah. But you guys Whatever. were close in age. Uh, me and my older sister, like three years apart. Me and my younger sister, three years apart. And then. My younger sister and my younger brother are three years apart. So we're all like three years oh, apart. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Okay. That's, I mean, that's pretty close. Because, I mean, the, you know, older sibling, mm-hmm. male or female. Honestly, like, my dad don't really care, male or female. Like, he will, you were expected, all of you, to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. And then I clean up these up, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it really wasn't that big of a difference. I think 
my youngest brother's like that, Josh. He is the one. And nobody really told him to. He just always has to make sure, like, I'm good. My mom's good. You know, I'm like it too. I mean, I think overall, like, we're just like that with each other, just in a general sense. Like, my brothers and I are mm-hmm. close. Like, close. Like, I don't really think growing up I saw any of my friends that close to their siblings and I loved it. They were my best friends. They're still my best friends. You know, they, we have our jokes. We have like, they just, they understand me better than anyone on this planet. And and we're all kind of like that to each other. Like we all, you know, Mm -hmm. know where we are and we share a location. And even if my parents didn't know where I was, (laughs) my brothers, Uh, you know, so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay but i think the other thing that was really big to me besides like placing certain like gender duties i'll say was not sure how to put it like in specific terms but it's it's more like I did it this way, so you have to do it this way too. Mm-hmm. Right? Or yeah, I like already made those mistakes. Yeah, I already <laughs> made those mistakes, so you're not going to do it that way. You're going to do it this way. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I agree with that. Um, yeah, even little, like growing up, my parents put a lot of, a lot of stress on like academics, you say? Okay. They put a lot of stress on, acad- on academics, so I'm doing well academically. So we could grow up to be what they want us to grow up to be, like a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, something to them, something of status, you know, in their right in their country. Right. Yeah, like the the top known kind of professions. Yeah. Like. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a lawyer. You have to, mm-hmm. like, the big ones. And, yeah, no, definitely. And I, there was someone in my family that actually I challenged early on, mm-hmm. early, early on, like uh, 13, 14. And they had that idea for me. You know, you need to be a doctor. You need to be a lawyer. Whatever it was, you need to make a lot of money. And I challenged it. And I said, what if I don't want a lot of money? And they Mm -hmm. said, you need to. And I think that was a common mentality with, like, a lot of my family was. And I'm thinking, like, one specific family. I'm not, like, all across the board. Um, I think, yeah, mainly... Caribbean families in general, especially like if they come from nothing, they feel like, you know, having a lot of money or a job, a lot of money, a job, of status, a job that brings you a lot of money. Yeah. You know, bring you happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole thing, and I know that all of them collectively, like they all wanted the best for me. They just wanted a better outcome for, you know, their Mm -hmm generations that came after mm-hmm. them, the, the, you know, me and my cousins, like 
all of us. They wanted us to have more, to mm-hmm. have better than maybe what they had growing up. And they would tell us the stories about Belize. And as a teenager, you don't really see it as like they want better for you. You see it as they're trying to tell you how to do something. And and you don't want to do that. You know, like you don't want to listen. I'm going to do it my way. But to me, it wasn't really rebellious. It was, I just, I had so much more thought going on in my mind. It was like 13, 14. And I'm like, what if I want to be the manager of a McDonald's, you know, like, and so that person, it was, yeah, it was, no, you don't, you know, mm. no, you don't. And Get the I song. was like, what if, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What if I don't want to make a lot of money? And I know what they mean. You know, I know they meant like being financially stable, being able to take care of your family, being able to to eat every day and put clothes on your kids' back and keep a roof over your head. You know, I understand that. But the way I was challenging it was, why do I have to have millions and billions? Because I always said, and to this day, I was probably like 13, 14, when I started thinking that way, but to this day, I still think the same thing. If I get a lot of money, I'm not going out to buy a giant, like, 13-room house. And, you know, like, I'm investing it in, like, a foundation or people who need it. And I don't think they saw it that way. Even though I said it, like, if I get a lot of money, I'm, I'm donating it or I'm giving it to, you know, people that need it. It was like, mm-hmm. well, we need it. You know, we have family in Belize that need it. We, it almost felt like they felt like our family was not established yet because we're still working our way up. We're still trying to get out of that state of poverty in a sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we need you to that. continue with the opportunities that we came out here for you to have, which I also get. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we didn't notice it then back then. I mean, I didn't notice it like, you know, <clears throat> as a teenager, you know, we, we're all rebellious as teenagers. You know, we rarely, rarely want to listen to what our parents have to say. But like you said, they just wanted the best for us. Now, now that, now, you know, as a teenager, you're not going to see it, but like growing up, you get, as you get older, he's like, ah, oh. that's what they were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some things just click, you know? Yeah, My parents something... used to say it a lot. They're like, "Watch when you when you get when you become an adult, you get to see exactly what we're talking about." Mm-hmm. And that's as a teenager, funny. as a young kid, I was like, "No, I'm not." I'm yeah, gonna, you know. <laughs> and then it's not that here bad. I am. Here I am. Like this is what <laughs> they were talking about. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is what they were talking about. But yeah. um, I think that they just wanted, they wanted to 
where they came from. I guess they just wanted to used to do better and not to be in the same place, you know, especially like if they came from third world country, they wouldn't want you to do what they were doing. So now they're in this new country, quote unquote, land of opportunity. And they're like, you know, what's status around here? Doctor, lawyer, big one in my family was engineering. We want you to be engineer. Parents wanted all of my, all me and all my siblings to be engineers. Um, none of us are. <laughs> Your sister's a lawyer. My sister is a lawyer, so she did it. She's the one. <laughs> I think that's why yeah, Caribbean families have have big families, have many <laughs> kids, so they could, uh, you know, there's going to be one. There's going to be one that listens to us. There's going to be one that, that becomes that. Yeah, at that least or one. at least one. Or they need people to help on the farm, so that is true. <laughs> yeah, my family, my both of my parents came from big families. How were your parents like, when when your sister became a lawyer? Aesthetic. They're proud of her. I'm proud of her. We're all proud of her. She did yeah. it. Well, I'm gonna be. Asking her for advice when I become a lawyer next. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll see. You we'll will. see. But, but yeah. Uh, she's really smart. She's always been really smart. So, well, honestly, we weren't surprised. We weren't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We weren't surprised. She's either going to become a lawyer or a doctor. She's an engineer. She's really smart. Or an engineer. Honestly, one of the smartest people I've known. I remember growing up with her, and she's like, she was always reading. And at the time, she was like my only sibling, so I always wanted to be like her. So I would always be reading. (laughs) I was like, she's reading, I'm reading. So that's why you read. Yeah, that, and um, it was a big tradition in our family. Like, you can't watch TV unless all your schoolwork is done, or... I remember my dad, he would, he wouldn't pay me for chores because he's like, no, chores are supposed to be done regardless. But if you read this book, I'll give you some money. Okay. If you read this. So, you know, back then as a little kid, I wanted things. I wanted, I didn't know how to save my money back then, but <clears throat> I knew that if I read this book, I had to read, uh, I get $20. You know? $15 or whatever he was giving me to read that book. And, you know, and I'm grateful he did that because I grew up, I love to read, I love to learn, you know? Yeah. It's just yeah. habits you instill into your children. They, they just, they grow up with that. Yeah. So, My dad was, was kind of the same. He would mm-hmm. never pay us for it. Lucky. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I talked about like, I, I think I brought it up to him too. And I found out like my friends get paid for their chores and, you know, uh, and I, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, can I get paid for it? And my dad would be like, can I get paid for, you know, like <laughs> I don't get paid for washing your clothes. I don't get paid. <laughs> Go in there and do it and it better be done, you know, like, so 
but he was very good with like reading too as far as like getting us to read um it was 30 minutes a day you know and I'm so happy it was more enforced when I was like older and my brothers were <laughs> Mm -hmm. younger so I wasn't too like on me because I would just be like oh I got homework even though I never did homework and I'm like oh, I have homework I can't and my brothers um, had to read honestly to this day they still do 30 minutes before they could play their game or watch TV and um, mm -hmm. they were flying through it so fast that eventually he got to like all right you guys are reading pretty fast now. So I'm going to need you to write a paper about what you read today. And they were like, dang, you got it. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely just, I know everything was of the best things like that. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was also a big um tradition that was kind of like a culture shock in a way when I first heard about allowance like yeah. kids getting allowances I was like wait what you guys get paid weekly to do nothing right. you know and yeah well my brothers do and a lot so I was gonna say now they finessed and now they're getting an allowance yeah. but they actually do a lot of work okay but they I knew like kids who was like oh yeah my my mom gives me like 50 bucks a week, you know, my dad mm -hmm. gives me like 50 bucks a week. And I'm like, damn, I want to, y'all adopting? I want 50 <laughs> bucks a week. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like a big culture shock because even if we did chores, we didn't get paid for it. So he always said, hey, um, that was another thing. Growing up, it was like, hey, you can have anything you want in this life as long as it's obtained legally and you could, you work for it, work hard to get it, you know? And that's something that, you know, stuck with me because, you know, if you put your mind to something and you you want it bad enough, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. You're going to get it. I think that was like one of the foundations for, you know, my belief system that I have today. Yeah. So growing up, yeah, traditionally it was restricted, strict, you know, but I'm thankful for everything that they raised me with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, younger me wouldn't, uh, wouldn't appreciate it as much as older me does now. Cause you know, mm. adulting, <laughs> adulting is no joke. Thanks, no, Mom. Thanks, Ted. There are still things that, you know, like you said, there some things do stick, but there are some things that still don't. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's still a lot about, like, the ways that were set, the ways that you had to do things to this day. I have a lot of people look at me sideways because I decided to do things differently than a lot of people in my family. And mm -hmm. like you said, you get cut off. Like, it's not okay. It's taken me a while to come to terms with that because I think I was so used to kind of doing things in a way that I knew that they wanted them done. Mm -hmm. And coming back home, 
just a lot of me. I mean, a lot of me changed. It's, if you hear every episode on here, you'll know. But a lot of me changed. And I realized that I was kind of stuck in that way. And that's kind of where my people pleasing came from. Mm-hmm. Was following the ways that I knew they wanted me to do things. Mm-hmm. Because it would make them feel better. It would make them happy. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. You know, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted. And there were things that I did here and there to kind of push back a little. But coming back, there was like, you know, it was the ultimate. This is my life. Mm-hmm. This is the way I'm going to do things. Um, lost a lot of people in my family as far as like my relationship with them. And it's okay. Uh, it's taken me a long time. But even though I know it was for the best, there were things in that that were just not okay, not acceptable, the way they went about things. Trying to control someone and tell them that they either do it this way or they're wrong, they're stupid, you don't know what you're doing, this isn't the way to do things. Mm. All those things, like, super negative, super toxic. Mm -hmm. And I can see both sides. You know, I can, I can definitely empathize and say like, I understand what you, how you grew up. I understand what you've been through, Mm -hmm. but to turn it on me that way is just something I can't continue to accept anymore. Like I just, I can't, this is my life. This is the way I want to do things. I'm going to figure out for myself. And, and if you don't like it, I'm so sorry. You yeah. know, if you're not okay with this, it's almost like Smokey's mom, you know, it's not enough, make it enough. You know, like that's my, <laughs> make it enough. Hmm. It's not yeah. enough for you. Well, I'm sorry. Cause this is what I'm happy with. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a question. And that was that, Oh, that was the hardest thing for me. And like all of the traditions that were set mm-hmm. telling them, rather than asking because mm-hmm. you know you always ask like is this okay can I you know can I do this yeah. and now exactly. I'm like no I'm telling you I'm doing this mm-hmm. you put your foot down exactly mm-hmm. what was that point for you when you finally decided I'm not I'm going to do it the way I want to do it I'm going to put my foot down Well, I think, I think I've always had like, you know, as a teenager, I always had, you know, I was, I was always the one to question things, you know, question, oh, why is it, why does it have to be like this? Or why does that have to be like this? Right. You know, as opposed to like, okay, you tell me how to, mm-hmm. this is why it's supposed, this is how it's supposed to be done. I'm going to do it like this. It's like, why do we have to do it like this? Why can't we do it like that? Or why do I have to say this? Why can I say this, you know? But I think I've always had that mentality. I'm always questioning things, even if it was for my family. Um, since since my preteen years, but 
and just moved on into adulthood. And I guess, I guess you could say where I just like ultimately just put my foot down and, and like just cut off, cut that whole thing off was maybe it's like some years ago, some years ago where kind of got into a big argument with, uh, with my dad regarding how he wanted things done versus how I wanted things done. And we didn't, we didn't really agree. And as opposed to me saying, okay, yeah, let me, let me do it the way you want to do it. Right. I just, I just say, no, no more, you know, like this is my life. Like, I'm the captain of my own fate. Okay. So I'm thankful for everything, you know, I was, you guys did for me. Um, but I'm just going to find my own way. I'm just going to do it my own, my own self. And that was, that was hard in a sense. Cause like all those years you grow up with, the habits and the traditions that they teach you, they taught you, Yeah, you know? So when you're out on, you're out on your own, it's like, you kind of want to revert back to it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but <clears throat> you gotta, you gotta yeah, cause, keep cause on pushing. That's all you keep know. On pushing. Yeah. That is all, you know, I think like, well, I know for, for my family, like they, they raised me, and my siblings in their comfort zone, you know? So mm-hmm. if we were to step outside of the comfort zone, like, oh, no, I'm going to get a job here instead of getting a job here. Uh, red flag. No, you can't do that argument. Yeah, you right. Know? That's not how you're supposed to be doing it. That's not how it's done. You know, like right. it's set in stone or something. But it's not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. I I moved out and mm-hmm. it was this isn't the way you do it. And I'm yeah. like, okay, like you know, there is no actual way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. and that to me like blew my mind. Multiple people, this isn't the way to do it, and you should be doing it this way, and you should be like moving out for me was for the better and it's been better. It's been way better. Mm-hmm. And I knew that because all I wanted was for it to get better. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just, I think that was a really big moment for me that hearing that from multiple people, not just in that, like in my home, but in my family, like, this isn't the way you do things. And then all of a sudden everything clicked, like everything, everything I saw growing up, I saw in my cousins growing up, I saw in my aunts growing up, you know, like. Was that your foot down moment? Um, I've had baby ones, but I think that was the ultimate, like. Like the breaking point. The ultimate, the ultimate, the big foot down. Because I've had little mm-hmm. ones along the way. That and other things. Uh, but that moment was where I literally felt like I'm throwing all of these traditions 
out of the windows. I'm throwing everything out the window. I literally went from, and it, it was hard. It was hard. First few weeks, I was like, ugh, am I doing the right thing? Like, it literally, like, it has you trained so well. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it to say, like, you're brainwashed and you, you're made to, but you grow up in mm-hmm. this way of thinking. And it's almost as if your thinking, your independent thinking is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking for yourself. That's not allowed. It, it's almost like you're, you're, you're being gaslit without them even in your ear. Like they don't even need mm-hmm. to be, they don't even need to be in front of you. It's, it's, it's in there. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking things now, like moved out and I'm like, cool, like I can do this. I can, you know, like I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to do this for myself. I'm, you know, like I don't do terrible things. There's certain things that I would want to do would be like, why would you want to do that? Like, that's not, you know, growing up, same person in my family would you know that's not ladylike of you i used to ride skateboards and dress like a tomboy i was a tomboy i used to you know me and my brother to this day we still share clothes because i (laughs) i like guy clothes i'm not girly i yes i wear makeup now but like i like it it's just I'd rather be, you know, in my hoodie, jeans, and bands, or docks, and skating up the beach. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I've never fully been just, like, girly, girly, like, doing the hair, doing the makeup. And I was told I was wrong for the longest. You know, like, I, that's, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be, look at your cousins. They're putting on mm. makeup, you know, they're talking mm. about boys. And... Honestly, like I got into things like that because that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I talked about it in another episode too. Like I, it made me feel ashamed of like things that I was passionate about. It made me yeah. feel like I was wrong as a person. Like anything that I was interested in, no, you should be talking about boys. You should be getting straight A's. You should be thinking about going to this college you should be thinking about doing this career right so it's just like Mm -hmm. now that I'm on in my own mind space in my own space you know like I can think of myself I can sit like there's no one like looking over your shoulder pretty much and like asking you what are you gonna do now what are you doing next Mm -hmm. what's your what, what are you doing with this? Let me tell you how to do this. Let me, this mm-hmm. is how you're supposed to do this. And it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to have that anymore. But then the first few weeks, it was like, am I doing the right thing? Like, I, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed mm-hmm. to be doing that? That that I want to do? Am I supposed to be doing that? Is that okay? And it had me questioning it. it it's like, my feelings, growing up, even to this point, I'm 25 and I still feel like that with certain people in my family. My feelings don't matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love these people dearly. <laughs> but if I really look at it, my feelings didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It was you do this because you're supposed to. 
mm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they look at it that way. I don't think they see it as like, I'm disregarding your feelings, gaslighting you. I think they see it as they want us to be stronger. They want us to be, like we said before, like they want better for us. Mm-hmm. But in that comes different things. And you don't know what that does to a kid. Yeah. You don't know what that does to an adult. You know, like that, mm-hmm. that moment where I put my foot down, I still felt like that. I still felt like my feelings don't matter because I'm happy doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm happy living the way I'm living. Why aren't you happy for me? Like, don't you want me to be happy? And that's the common question that people ask when they grow up in those traditions. Don't you just want me to be happy? No, I want you to make money. No, I want you to have a good job. You know? Or they're like, but this will make you happy. Right. (laughs) This, you know, like, (laughs) but having this job will make you happy. Like, don't worry about being happy. Like, get this job and then you could be happy, you know? Yeah. Like, get this house and then you could be happy. Exactly. That's what that's Slave for 60 years and then you can be happy. Yeah, then retire. But I'm happy now. I'm happy with myself. I'm happy Mm -hmm. walking around, you know, L.A. And and I'm happy. Why, Why do I have to get to a certain level of, like, society what what always amazes me is how <clears throat> how like progression like global progression is made through through the breaking of certain you know traditions in a way um all over the world like there was like traditions that were very oppressive to people and then once they were broken you know society advanced you know economy yeah. advanced like and on a micro scale same thing happens in families you know and especially like our types of families like their parents grew up in a in a different country and right. they they had this sort of mindset that their parents put into them like oh this is what you got to do work start a family you know work start a family um and then just try to make it just try to get by, just try to survive. And then they had, you know, they had our parents who they tried to instill into that, like, oh, work, you know, start a family, you know, just try to make it here in this country. Like, you know, and our parents, like, they forgot that they had to break tradition too. And it's like, you know what, we're going to move to, we're going to take the risk, we're going to move to America. Um, Against their parents' wishes, you know, it's like, well, why are you moving over there? This is, this is where you're supposed to be. This is where you're supposed to stay, you know. <clears throat> and I guess as they get older, like it comes back to them, or whether they don't know it or not, and they try to tell us, hey, you know what? No, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. But they don't they know. Annoyingly. Just like them, yeah. yeah. Just like them, we are capable of making our own choices, and we're kind of breaking. To tradition in a way, you know. Right. So that all needs to be done for the sake of progress. Or, but I do, I do get where where most of these families come from. I I've known people who've, who've had parents that were that had prominent positions, 
you know, in their country, you know, like they were dentists or doctors in their country. And then they come to America and that degree doesn't roll over or that certification doesn't roll over. So, and they have a whole family now, so they can't, they can't raise their family and go to doctor and, you know, go to med school or, you know, get their orthodontic certification because they have to work a minimum wage job to feed their three kids, their four kids, their five kids, you know? And then they're always, it's that feeling that they have, that feeling, I don't, I don't want to say guilt or regret, but they just want, like, this was me. I was this, and now I'm this. I don't want this for you. Okay. I want this for you, you know? So that's why you have to go be a doctor, and this is why you have to do this, or you have to be this. So I, I, I see both sides. I, be, I see both sides, but still. Do you feel like your parents were trying to live through you guys? All the time. All the time. I feel like I could tell how there were things my parents wanted to do, but they couldn't because, you know, they had to, they had to raise us and they had to work and they had to pay, you know, rent, mortgage, bills. Everything's more expensive in America. So, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes they'll bring it up. It's like, hey, you know, I could have, you know, done this if, but I'm here raising you guys. So you guys better be grateful for like what we're doing, all the sacrifices I've made for you. You know, that was a big, that was a big thing, guilt tripping. Like, I was say, how I'm, making, feel? I'm making all these sacrifices for you. It worked. Ooh, it worked. You know, that's yeah, but why I live with like waking guilt us. now. Exactly. That's why it held us in their, their grasp for so long. Yeah, you know? the guilt. And that's why it was so hard for us to, like, put our foot down. Like, you know mm-hmm. what? No. Yeah, because you but, feel bad. Yeah, we feel bad. They, you feel like you're like, letting down. Because we, like, I, you know, I don't not love these people in my family. Yeah, like, exactly. I love them to death. So to let them down, and it almost feels like, you know. I'm hurting Yeah, I don't want to let them down. I don't want to hurt them. Yeah. So I kind of get that. And it worked. It worked for the longest time. So eventually I'm like, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm grown. You know? Thank you for everything. You could go back to school now. You could do what you want to do. You know? We're Mm -hmm. we're at that time. We're in that time where Everyone's like, oh, it's never too late. Well, it's never yeah. too late. So. For sure. You know, it's never too late. Yeah. I forgot about that. I really did. That, that definitely was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely was. Because, yeah. Oh, gosh. I feel it, like, in my gut right now. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with that, like, guilt feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. <laughs> That was their biggest weapon. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. That was the way yep. they're like, your brothers are going to see this, and that's the way you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, set the example for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. my gosh. Yep. If you had siblings, it's like, what kind of example are you setting for your siblings? Mm-hmm. Huh? Talking back to me like that. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I don't want to be. 
It was, it was like a, and, then, and then, you, yeah, was like, and then I'm a you bad like kid and a bad brother. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. And then you feel like if they do talk back, you're like, that's my fault. I did that. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Your siblings make their own choice. So. Yeah. I, I think like when you realize like when the parents were saying that to all of your siblings. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. I know, it goes down to the dog. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, okay, so wait, am I supposed to be setting an example for him or he's setting an example for me? Like, <laughs> it's their fault. Exactly. That's funny. Yeah, that's uh, a big, wow. <laughs> so what do you mean by, like, all the time, though, that they try to live through you? Well, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't say, like, all the time, but definitely, definitely when it came to, like, getting the career that they wanted, you know? Like, okay. like they didn't have the opportunity to go to a certain school. So yeah. they would always push me, hey, you should go to this school, get good grades, go to this school specifically, because that's the school they wanted to go to, you know? Yeah. Or you should have this job right here to, cause that's the job they wanted to have. Got you know? it. Okay. <clears throat> so it was kind of like that in a way. It's like, they lived through me in a sense where it's like, Oh yeah. Well, my son, he goes here. My daughter, he goes here. Right. She's this, he's uh, this, you know? Yes. Cause like they, they brag right. to their friends. Yeah. And they're like, true. Even other families. Like it's them. Like it's them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Like it's yeah, them, like they accomplished it. Like yeah. they graduated right there next to you. Like, because yeah. like if you did it, they did it. You know, exactly. and if you didn't do it, then they failed as a parent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, okay. So when you finally put your foot down mm-hmm. after that argument, how did you feel? Just like about yourself, how did you go about it? And, and letting go everything that you've ever known to, like, relearn just how to live independently. Well, I feel like a new environment, you know? It was like all these years I had this support, and now I'm out here on my own. Yeah. And oh, yeah. they've always, they've always wanted, there's always a certain way they want you to do things. So if you don't break off from them in the way they want you to do it, you're not going to have their support. Yeah. And I kind of broke off in a way where I'm not supposed to <laughs> in a way they, yeah. they, thought, they thought was like sacrilegious. So, <laughs> so I was literally like no support out here, just on my own. I mean, mm. I have my siblings, but my siblings are still like under, under the wing. So there wasn't much they could do. But, but even though I felt like I was on my own for, I, I wouldn't say, it's probably for like, probably for like the first couple months. You know, and then you get used to it. Then you get 
he get acclimated. It was like a relief, like a big sigh of relief. Like I could think for myself. I could do my own stuff, you know? I make my own rules now. You're right. I don't know. There's a saying that like a habit takes 24 days to, uh, it takes 24 days to, to create a new habit. And it's amazing how true that is. Always saying that. Even in regards to this, because I've lived, I lived under, you know, their rules and everything for years, for years. And it just took a couple months to find my own flow. Yeah. You know, I mean, take it, like everything they taught me is still there. Right. But it's not this, this, this. It's for me, okay, I'll take this, but I won't take that. I'll take this, but I won't take that. You know, and you use it in that way in your own daily life. Yeah, what was it that you said your dad taught you? Um, the three things. Three things. Simply put, <clears throat> every man should know how to do a proper push-up, how to get a proper handshake, and a good work ethic. So you feel like you can and, that? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's probably far in life. Mm. All three of those things. So, yeah, I'm grateful for everything. I've, I'm grateful for all the experiences I've had. Yeah. You know, grown, you know. I know they wanted what's best for me. I, I love them. I love them to death. You know, I still love them. We, we still talk to this day. I see them every now and then. I feel like distance also, distance brings people closer together. I feel like that, too. Oddly enough. So, so when I was distant from my family, we would talk more, you know, and mm-hmm. check on me more. <laughs> yeah. So they're still there. They still care. I mean, <clears throat> granted, everyone has their way of showing that they care. And sometimes it may come off as like not caring, but. Yeah, you know, deep down. They do. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even though we have similar values um, and traditions, we were raised completely different. Like, you have a big right. family out here, you know? Like, you, you have, like, cousins on cousins, right? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. for me, for me, it was just yeah. my siblings... My mom and dad, and then, like, maybe three cousins or my cousin family that I see, like, twice a year. All right, yeah, I'd be more than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so, But you have, like, cousins, you have aunts, you know, you guys have family gatherings. <laughs> we don't <laughs> – it's like us, a family gathering. It's like mm. us, my grandma, my aunt, and, like, my other cousins that, like I said, I see once a year, but – <clears throat> I mean, so I can't wrong with yeah. that though. It doesn't make it better necessarily. I mean, no, you know, I won't really like go deep into it. But there's like, you know, I may have big families, but I don't 
Stockton, but maybe a handful in each family. Um, so we give and take. Uh, yeah. 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 But I'm I'm grateful for you know even if it is a smaller handful, I'm grateful for them. They people that I keep in my life, the family that I keep in my life. You know, they've been nothing but supportive and a blessing to me, and I am grateful to have them. So, Mm-mm. no, my dad's family is based on we are not. You know, that's how we we never even really cared about that. Are we exactly. blood related? Who cares? Like we're family. That's it's, it's love exactly. at the end of the day. Exactly. So you, you know, and I like truly. Everyone says, mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't get to pick family. Well, I do. Yeah. You know, well, your yeah, family you to me, if you love me like family, you treat me like family, you respect me like family. And yeah. I feel like everyone has that, has those friends where you could talk to completely and truthfully that you couldn't tell your family, you know? Yeah, or, like, things that you have that are family like you would just exactly. like they are a part yeah, of your like, family or you're a part of their family yep they are family yeah <laughs> exactly um but i'm not saying like get rid of family you know like i'm no. not promoting <laughs> like <laughs> there will be like a family way that's not it just so happens that you know the the things that i went through and the things that were not necessarily good for me, I I chose to walk away from. And even those people and those individuals I still love, I still completely care for. If they needed me, you know, I'd be there, drop the dime. But there comes a point where family, friends, coworkers, whatever it is, like you don't respect me the way I need to be respected. You know, and of course, you do have to take the reflection and, and look at yourself first and say, what am I doing? And if that doesn't work and they're still disrespecting you, then you, you know, I don't, I don't deserve this. And that goes all around. And we've talked about that. Um, exactly. I think that was uh, <clears throat> one of my biggest things that kind of set me, set me apart from I don't know, I would say my siblings was, you know, growing older, like I said, in my preteen years, I would always ask questions. I would be like, why? Why this? Why we had to do it like this? You know? And then my teenage years, and then my young adult years, it's like, I don't care. (laughs) I think I, I was, you know, I was like, like, if you want respect, you got to give respect, you know, regardless of who you are. Yeah. Probably. And I, I truly never try to disrespect people. Yeah. And I, I, that's not my intention. My intention is not to disrespect you because you disrespect me. Mm-hmm. My intention is I respect you. But if you're not going to give me that same respect, then what am I doing here? You know, like, I'm, I'm going to walk away from this. I'm not saying, like, be petty and get a bag or, you know, and, you know, you, like I said, you definitely have to look at yourself to make sure, like, am I 
being the best that I possibly can? Am I being respectful? That's the first question. Am I being respectful? Am I being, I can't, I always say I can't ask people to give me more than what I, I always say I can't expect people to give me more than what I can give them. Right? I'm not going to ask you to respect me if I can't even respect you. Like, I need to be able to give that first before I could expect that from you or ask that of you. Yeah, respect goes both ways. And it's definitely important. But if you are doing that and still getting no respect on the other end, then, well, it's time for me to go. You know? So I definitely think, like, family is just such a big topic. There's so many different ways we could go through it. Like, so many different ways. There's many ways that we've gone through it. I do think, like, we've talked a lot about that. Just generational patterns that we've seen. And mm-hmm. and I don't look at it as, because a lot of people call it, like, a generational curse. Um, sometimes you unknowingly fall into it. There are things that, like, I do that I'm just like my mom. There are things I do that I'm just like my dad. You know, and all I want are for those things to just, one, be healthy. You know, like, healthy things that come from my parents. And I want to be able to be more mindful of what I'm doing and maybe like I I won't I still won't notice things that I'm doing right when I have kids and and they grow up but I just I hope that I am just like I put my foot down I know there's going to be a day where they put their foot down with me so I don't know (laughs) I guess I guess it's inevitable (laughs) for me should I say my saying my dad's saying Sure. How to become a how to become a man? You never really become a man. <laughs> Should I say it? what? Until you strike your father. Oh, <laughs> I think we're done. We're not promoting that. <laughs> yeah, so when I was five years but, old. <laughs> oh <laughs> no no no! Not that. Alrighty, well, <laughs> that's guys. <it>. <laughs> If you want to know the rest of the story, this is Mr. Casey McCurchin. <laughs> oh, man. Subscribe, you, like, follow. If you everything. want to leave your at. Uh, it's at Casey McCurchin. If you can spell that, I'll give you a dollar. Oh, my gosh. I honestly <laughs> would give you a dollar, too. But I am really glad that you finally came out here and <laughs> talked we do have a lot of conversations about like everything, just everything. And I guess I don't give you credit, but thanks for inspiring a lot of my TikTok videos. Oh, I'm <laughs> flattered. I'm so flattered. <laughs> the good ones, though. The good ones. Okay. But- <laughs> No, I do appreciate you. I appreciate our conversations. I think 
you kind of open up a different perspective for me. So even things that we have in common, you will show me like there's this side to it too. I don't know if you knew, but there's this too. And you have to look at it from there too. And you're very good at that. You're very good at looking at things from all different angles, as many different angles as you can possibly find. <laughs> and just like positivity. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> Your positivity and just everything has just been very enlightening. And I appreciate you sharing and opening up and talking to me and letting me talk because I'm sure everybody knows that I just love to talk. So thank you, thank you. It's been an honor to be on this. I'm honestly you're one of the best communicators I know. So no. so like this right here. I'm I'm more of a in my head type of guy. So this is like an experience for me. So I'm you sure uh, <laughs> I'm eager to learn everything you can teach me on how to vocalize the thoughts as well as you do. So it's not Oops. this is not overnight. I was not always like this. I was we have a lot in common. Um literally. I Yeah. Just like you. So but you're gonna get a lot more practice like, because I'm so excited you're gonna be here with me for the next few years. Mm. So I can't wait for you to share <laughs> all oh, your yeah. thoughts. Oh yeah. Everyone buckle up. There we go. Oh Lord, those stories. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do. I do. I say it all the time. I try to say it all the time because I can't tell you how much I am appreciative of you. And just you being you, you who you are and not letting anyone else kinda bring you to what they want you to believe or the doubt in yourself or anything like that. It's just very inspiring. I'm very proud of you and all your work. Thank you. And what you've been doing. So thank you. Thank you. For everybody else to get to know you because you are a great person. Ooh. Oh no. Sharing. That's going to be a new thing for me. Open it up. But let's do it. Let's do it. I'm always down Mm -hmm. for the new experiences, you know, learning new things. Okay, so you can send us off. You can do it now. (laughs) Keep on waiting to do it. Do my radio voice. This is Casey Omar and Tiffany Garcia. We're here with the Abundance of Knowledge podcast. We just want to let you know that everything's going to be a okay. <laughs> Why have you really been waiting to do that? Okay. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, voice for, for real. Maybe, maybe I'm good at this. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to us being crazy. <laughs> but I, again, really appreciate just everyone that has 
listened and reached out and even just kind of given, you know, their input to me and you know it just it's it's really been helpful it's really been you guys have really been inspiring you guys have really been supportive and anyone that can take from this I'm just like so happy and it warms me when I get like those messages that say thank you so much for saying this or you know it helps me and I am so grateful that I have this and I'm able to do this and I can't wait to do it some more. So I will see you guys soon. And you'll see Casey soon. (laughs) All right, guys. Stay tuned for our next episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. See you later. God bless. Bye. Blessings. Knowledge.